following podcast is sponsored by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. I'm your host, Louis G. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, Real Genius, La Bamba, City Limits, Theodore Rex, Return to Oz, The Last Starfighter, Return of the Jedi, and Orson Welles' Touch of Evil. It's God Funking Zilla! Hey there, Robo fans and Dino fans. It's your host, Louis G. Today's episode is our very first hashtag watchalong episode. It's a bit experimental, but we think you're going to enjoy it. In the episode you are currently listening to, my guest, Jason, and I watch My Science Project and provide commentary throughout the film. We will mark the exact moment you should press play if you're watching along with us. This episode ends just as the film does, but before the credits, and our post-watch discussion picks up from that moment. It will be released as a separate episode for listeners who want to hear us talk about the movie, but don't necessarily want to sit through the whole watch-along, which is okay. Like I said, this was an experiment. I learned a lot, and we'll plan better next time, but Jason and I did have a fun conversation, and I truly think you're going to like it. Please send all your feedback, suggestions, any constructive criticism you might have directly to our email address, which is in the show notes, and it is robosthedinos at gmail.com. Once again, that email address is linked in the show notes. All right, thank you for listening, and please enjoy Robots vs. Dinosaurs premiere hashtag watchalong episode, My Science Project, with Jason Karubia. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie every week and try to determine which one is cooler, robots or dinosaurs. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week. This week, I have my very, very good friend, director and producer, Jason Karubia. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Louis Hello, Jason. <laughs> Jason, why don't you tell us what movie we're going to be talking about today? Absolutely. So I, I talked I talked to you about this a little earlier, and I decided that you know we've we've talked about many movies in the past and what we love about movies, but we rarely get to talk about the ones that are are fundamental yet flawed. And the movie that I chose that we should discuss today is the 1985 classic. My science project. <laughs> it's Jason. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. I'm sorry. 1984 I'm, classic. My science project. <laughs> so I have written down 85. Maybe um, it, there may be some like confusion with the release date or the theatrical release date. There's not. There's actually one thing I think we're going to get into is there is almost no digital trace of this movie. Yeah, well, it's really hard to find. If you want to get copies of the film, they go like DVDs go. Mm -hmm upwards of $80 and it's crazy. It's pretty wild. Um, there is of course some releases on YouTube, um, some better than others. You can probably find those, but you're not going to see it streaming on any services. Um, I remember the, the first time I saw this film back in, it, well, it was like 1987, 88, you know, renting a, a VHS from video world in town. And uh, of course that VHS, we eventually over time just, just got destroyed um, once we got it back, it, it was chewed up in our, our VCR. So, yeah, it's, you're not going to find many copies of this film. Jason, you and I are around the same age. Uh, we grew up in the same hometown. And 
I think it's very possible you and I rented the exact same VHS copy of this movie at some point (laughs) uh, from the same video store. I'm very glad you picked this movie because this is a movie that as soon as you mentioned it, I hadn't thought about it since I had first seen it as a kid on VHS. And I remember very little about it. I started to do a little bit of research on it and I ended up deciding I don't want to know too much uh, going into it. I want to kind of experience it fresh with, not exactly fresh, but like with a fresh mind, having forgotten most of this movie. <laughs> so, so oh, there's so be much like, of this movie that you can absolutely forget. <laughs> it's yeah, you, it's, you're it, yeah, you're going to be like the the knowledge person on this movie, and I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions because I feel like you know a lot of like cool trivia about this movie, which is great. I'm going to be more like the fresh eyes, wide eyed, really kind of ex- almost kind of experiencing it for the first time as an adult, for sure. (laughs) Um, I'm most likely going to release this as two separate episodes. One is going to be the live watch, and I'm going to let listeners know when you can hit play so that you can enjoy the movie with Jason and my commentary throughout the whole thing. So you can sort of watch it with us uh, and enjoy it with us and laugh along with us. Um, (laughs) We're using the word enjoy very, very generously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully, hopefully our commentary adds to your enjoyment of it and you enjoy it with us. (laughs) You just said urine enjoyment. (laughs) And that's about the level of of the jokes and the writing in this movie. So a nice little uh, preview for you. Jason, one question I have for you before we start. Is this movie, would you consider it a robot or a dinosaur movie? Oh, that's, 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 it's clearly a dinosaur movie. There is little to no robots in this movie. And do you, yeah, go ahead. Before this is something I, I have I've I haven't asked my previous guest and I'm starting to realize maybe there's a little bit of a bias in this podcast because I'm not asking this question at the top. Do you already have a preference for robots or dinosaurs? No, absolutely not. I enjoy both robots and dinosaurs, okay. but I enjoy some movies better for the robots and better for the dinosaurs. So so this movie, while it is inherently a dinosaur movie um featuring dinosaur um there is fundamental uh, elements of this movie that that inspire robots in later films and uh and 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 we can talk about as we watch Mm. the film there's a lot to talk about and it's a long movie god this movie is so long it's it's, not it's that long it's it's 94 minutes yeah so but it feels like a long 94 minutes i see i see um one last thing i want to say before we start the movie is the director was uh jonathan r betul i might be mispronouncing that do you have a better pronunciation for his name i don't know okay (laughs) <laughs> so we'll go with that. Jonathan Arbatool, um, who also directed uh, a robot movie and a, and a dinosaur movie. Um, actually, I'm sorry, I misspoke. He wrote The Last Starfighter, which is yeah. definitely a robot movie. And I am hoping that a future guest picks that movie for us to review because that's a, that's a classic. Uh, he wrote that movie. He directed Theodore Rex starring Whoopi Goldberg. I'm, that's all I'm going to say about that for now because we are going to dig into that. Yeah, this, as, I, as I said, this is like the, the, the launching point. This is a springboard mm-hmm. movie that's going, to, that's going to take you down a rabbit hole of, of dinos and robots. Um, my, so my, sci- my science project has a 
critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but a 56% audience score. Uh, and that's kind of reflected in its IMDb score of 6.1. So after the movie, Jason, you and I are going to talk about what is our score for this movie um, <laughs> and whether that uh, is influenced by the fact that we already love robots and dinosaurs and this has a dinosaur in it or whether we're just grasping at straws. Are you ready to start? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to click play now. Jason, uh, while the movie's starting and the credits are playing, there's a section of this podcast that I always like to do, call, uh, usually at the end. It's called, What's Your Snack? Uh, Jason, are you snacking on anything while we're watching this movie? You know, not right now. I might jump into some deviled eggs in a moment. Um, okay. I've got, I've got the te- keto diet going on, but I am, I am going to be drinking. I'm, I've got a, some Corona Hard Seltzers, which we're going to be tasting zero carb, as you know. Um, but just quite, very quickly, going back to what we just saw, the Touchstone logo, that wonderful 1980s Touchstone logo. Um, Touchstone being founded in 1984, you know, produced the film Splash. Um, they had a drama called Country. They did another dinosaur movie called Baby, Secret of the Lost Legend, which came out in 1985, which had live action costume dinosaurs, animatronic dinosaurs. Um, this scene right, right here, we can see the, the star field and some audio from what seems to be some radio uh, where there's a uh, some type of bogey going down, obviously some sort of UFO crash. It kind of is remnant of the movie E.T., which came out prior to this. So they're kind of taking these elements that, that people are familiar with. Um, very much, you know, you know, common tropes that people see. We're going to talk about a whole lot of tropes of this. It just rips the other movies off. Fisher um, Stevens, man. I love uh, seeing Fisher, Fisher Stevens, Stevens names in, in the credits of a movie. I love seeing Fisher Stevens in everything. Uh, but we're going to talk about Fisher Stevens later on, probably. But uh, Question. Yeah. Um, you said this... Um, you said this is Touchstone Pictures, and they direct they they made Splash, they made uh, ET, um, and a few other things. It sounds like they're they're kind of into the sci-fi. And yes, the- so uh, Touchstone Pictures is owned by Disney. Um, it, it was created in in the early '80s to very produce to produce you know basically complement pictures to what Steven Spielberg was making. You know, put them out for everyone, um, and. And Silver Screen Pictures, which produced this film, uh, founded by Ronald W. Betts, was also uh, funded with George W. Bush on the board of directors. Basically, they were Delta Kappa, Kappa Epsilon fraternity brothers, um, and and they they funded this film. So GW's got a, a hand in this film. Other films that they financed in 1984: Footloose, Flashdance. Heaven Help Us, and the scariest of all Disney films, Return to Oz. And if you want to talk about a scary, scary film yeah. that, this, that Silver Screen Partners produced, like that movie will give you nightmares. That um, movie is, and, is nightmare fuel for my childhood. Absolutely. And it features a robot, too, named TikTok. And, and, and TikTok is, is lovable, yet, yet it'll give you pure nightmares. TikTok, um, uh, yeah, it's... I, I recommend anyone who wants to see a bad, scary Disney film, Return to Oz. So we have to think about this film in the back of our heads. And this is a Disney film. Like Disney funded this. Everything about this is Disney. Now, they have a fine-tooth comb that they put everything through now, it's particularly with Marvel and Star Wars. This movie, yeah, not so much. That makes this the second 
Disney movie that uh, (laughs) that Robots versus Dinosaurs has covered. The first being uh, the robot movie, very clear robot movie, uh, Big Hero Six. Yeah, the previous the previous uh, shot you saw there. I don't know why there was fire in little cauldrons leading into the the Air Force base. (laughs) I know you've served, Lou, and and thank you so much for your service. But have you seen little pots of fire anywhere on the sides of the road? (laughs) Jason, I I was on a Navy base, not a uh, secret government. Top secret alien technology researching Air Force Base. So we had a lot more water, uh, I'd say, on our, on our Navy base than buckets of fire. Yeah, and we, we can see here this this is now some type of bunker where they've taken the uh, the UF two. That's that's Eisenhower um, in his golf outfit. Eisenhower played a lot of golf. But apparently he was pulled right off the golf course in the middle of the night. So, I don't Wait, know you're why. You're saying the, the character in this movie that is President Eisenhower? That's President Eisenhower. I this see, is 19, okay. 1957 right now. Um, so, okay, and Eisenhower so this says, is, get rid of it. Get rid of the UFO. Um, Jason. Save the um, engine. This is something that I, I want to dig into right away. Uh, this is a, uh, something that is rare to see in a sci-fi movie where the oh, president okay. is a named president. Yes. Right? Usually it's it's president, actor so-and-so. It's president Morgan Freeman, or it's, you know, president um, Terry Crews. But in this case, it, they named the president. They named the president. It's a name to the credits, credits. And, of course, he had a big golf ability. They're destroying the UFO with a laser. I don't know mm. why they need to destroy the UFO with a laser. But the a laser, a workable laser, wasn't even invented until 1960. So this is that's bullshit right there. So, what I've so uh, year, fast forward, 1985. By the way, my snack also. I'm uh, because we're on the microphone. I'm not going to be eating popcorn or anything. I do have some um, of my favorite would be candy, which is Australian licorice. But today, my drink is a local beer. Single cut brewed in Astoria. Um, this is a weird and gilly double dry hopped ale that I have not tried before. <laughs> and uh, Matt, Jason, who is on screen right now? So we have the great Dennis Hopper. Yes, we do. The wonderful Dennis Hopper, uh, you, the easy writer himself, you know, product of the 60s. He's amazing. And if you want to get an even further, deeper dino connection, everyone should watch Super Mario Brothers, where Dennis Hopper stars as King Koopa, uh, who is a evolved form of T-Rex. Um, that's a trippy movie. And, I mean, amazing. And then, of course, we have Fisher Stevens right there in the background, who looks like he's pulled right off the set of Grease, too. Uh, it's amazing. I look at Fisher's. Yeah, oh my gosh, that hair, that slick backed hair, the. Yeah. Open. You know how you can tell a character in an 80s movie has a problem with authority is the way that they're chewing gum. Fisher Stevens doing some gum acting in this scene. And everything Fisher Stevens says in this movie, I love Fisher Stevens. It's awful. He is racist. He is sexist. He is homophobic. I can't stress this enough. It is bad. It does not age well. And I don't mean to create bias in your eye, in your mind right now, but but take everything he says with a grain of salt. We'll try to be quiet just to hear exactly what he says. Um, but we're building this right now. He needs to submit a science project right now in order to graduate. This is, that's the, the nuts and bolts of this scene right here. Um, just, let's just watch what Dennis Hopper does right here at the end of this scene. And don't forget your science final tomorrow. Man, I don't like to hassle you, Mike. You know that? Have a nice day. A nice day. Yeah? 
Come on, I used to be your age once, way back in the 60s, when all you need to finish school is a Frisbee. <laughs> so, watch this, watch this. Songs, white rabbits, TNT in Just doing whippets. <laughs> He's doing it's oxygen. He's doing hits of oxygen and just straight oxygen. Wow. Cosmo says that today is the day. Yeah, so I guess we could we could probably have a section called uh, you know how this is an 80s movie. Um, and under that we can definitely list at the top the college professor is doing whippets at his desk. Yeah, this is high school, yeah. High school the high school teacher. Wait, this is a high school? This is a high school. He's got a Smith Science project for high school. Cool. Oh, oh man! Yeah. That's Dolores. That's uh. That's his wa- his girlfriend here. Who's this actress? I don't. I can't remember. She looks really. Cool. She's barely in anything. Um. So so what do you want, Pistol? Him? You know, so far a lot of the actors in this movie just they look like um kids that died at Camp Crystal Lake. It basically. But but you have to understand. So they they had. They put some thought into this, or they, I should mean the director, writer. He put some thought into this, particularly Dennis Hopper's character. Dennis Hopper, whose name, Bob Roberts. That's right. His name is Robert Roberts. Yeah. Jason, Jason, um, there is, okay, I just remembered something about this movie. I'm hoping it's this movie. Actually, we're going to find out later. But I think that, okay, I think that there's a line from this movie that's one of my favorite movie lines that I I always forget what it's from. Is there a scene where Fisher Stevens is like getting harassed by a cop and he said and she asks him why he's wearing sunglasses at night and he says when you're cool the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. I will I will not say anything. Oh but, man, I'm so excited. I think it okay. is. It's either so, from this or it's from Adventures in Babies. I will not spoil this movie for you. So basically we're introduced to Sherman and Ellie. Um, these are integral characters to the plot. You know, I, they're basically plucked, plucked, plucked right out of Revenge of the Nerds. Um, this is our Reven- Harry, Ron, and Hermione right here? Basically, basically. Re- Revenge of the Nerds coming out the same, like 1984, the year prior. What do you want to know? Um, and, then, and then Sherman. Uh, basically he's like, he's like a pluck from American uh, Graffiti, the character's... You know, copied with 16 candles. Prior, you hear, see him also in like Porky's. Basically, it's the cliche nerd. Um, but we also have to make notice that that other major sci-fi films came out this year, 1985. Okay, you know, so shortly before Ghostbusters had come out, but this year, 1985, Weird Science comes out featuring nerds. Back to the Future comes out, which also features nerds as well. And Real Genius comes out as well the same year. So it's all about. About but, nerds at what, this time what do you do during in the eighties. Cars. Bye. What goat? <laughs> so basically, the goat. So basically, what the explanation that line is a GTO hey, nickname is called a goat. <laughs> so he says he's interested in goat. So yeah, he's what also interested in time? World Series of Video Game, which is an arcade game from the time. Okay, let's oh, let, listen to Vinny a little bit right now because he's just he's just awful. Uh, Vince is his name. Vince doesn't want a fur coat, all right? Doesn't even want me. Oh yeah? Well, what does she want? I don't know. She wants to be uh, you know, romanced, swept off her feet. 
swept off her. Yeah, I just swept her off her feet, all right, with the left. Hey, a girl pulls that back in Brooklyn, I swear. <laughs> Bam, oh, wow. Oh, Fisher Stevens wow. makes big hey, choices, and I love him for it. I, I can't uh, think of Fisher Stevens without thinking about Short Circuit. Yeah, yeah so Fisher Stevens, prior to this uh, uh, film... Uh, did did that that film that I had shared to you like earlier? What was the cruise. the title of it? Uh, he did. Oh, it was called. Uh, he did Flamingo Kid, and um, he he did you know, some other films as well. Uh, Brother from Other Planet, which was a, I guess a, 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 a HBO film. And um, but yeah, then in '86, two years year later, he did Short Circuit. And then, of course, Short Circuit 2 later on, which are another character actor work, which over time has not aged well. Not Uh, aged well, I agree. (laughs) But is an interesting robot movie. Yeah. And and, um, for anyone that that says Short Circuit 2 is not as good as Short Circuit 1, I disagree. I think think it is is actually better than Short Circuit 2. Which one has uh, Los Locos kick your ass, Los Locos kick your face? Those logos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> that is absolutely right, short circuit. Then that's the better film. <laughs> <laughs> but again, another Super Mario reference. Who's in Super Mario as well? Um, oh, another Super Mario reference in this movie? No. Fisher Stevens was in Super Mario as one of the, 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 the Koopas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now this we have girl, this, this scene this right actress. here. So this is Ellie. Um, I'm a big this is Danielle Von Zernick I'm a huge Ellie fan right now in this film I'm all yeah, about man. Ellie I'm on team Ellie and the reason why is that this she knows what she wants she she is is not aggressive but she's assertive to get what she needs so basically we can see right here her car's broken down there's a line of cars behind her okay everyone's honking their horns um, he, show up and she's just brilliant. She's just a smart girl. And she's the only one that talks with reason. She's the only one mm. this entire film. She is clearly inspiration for a lot of 90s movies where, like, um, as soon as she takes off her glasses and takes the pins out of her hair, suddenly she's the prom queen. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much, it's, it, yeah, it's Sandy from, from Greece, you know, they turn mm. into the, the hot stuff. Um, Distributor caps don't just pop off unless you want them to. Sh- She's got a strategy. Okay. It's confession time. Okay, they're having this entire conversation right now. There's a line of cars honking their whores behind them. (laughs) Let's just stop everything and just get some plot going on. (laughs) But it's like you said, Jason, she's a woman of action. This was her, this was the only way she could get his attention. She also, she also does this most endearing thing where she bites her lower lip and just mm-hmm. look for it throughout the movie. It's, it's, it's really adorable. Whenever she's nervous or thinking of something. I'm Can totally you on think, team, get, team Ellie. Are, are there any other movies that she's known for? Absolutely. So she was the lead in okay, La Bamba. Sorry. She played opposite Lou Diamond that. Phillips. And uh, she was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh-uh. Way. La Bamba is a movie that uh, anybody in the 80s that had a sister, um, their sister rented it at some point, and that's why they watched it, most likely. Uh, I So I've seen La Bamba for that reason, and I've also seen um, the ice skating one. Blade, is, it's not Blades of Steel, is it? I don't know. There... Um, it's a figure skater and a professional hockey player have oh, to... That- 
that's Moira Kelly. I think you're thinking of someone else, probably. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to fact check that. I'm what? just going to let it linger. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'm just going to keep drinking and instead. Look, and she corrects, she, corrects, she corrects him. She says, she says, my name is not Sawyer. It's Ellie. Why did he call her Sawyer? What's her last name? Uh, yeah, she's Are they drinking oh, beer? Are they driving out of the school parking lot with beers? It was a simpler time, Jason. <laughs> There's the goat. There's the goat. Ah, uh, the goat. True value hardware in every yeah, this, small town. So, yeah. So, Harland, this is his family's uh, hardware store. He's sitting there. Absolutely. Michael Harland. I, I worked at a true value hardware in high school. Oh, you did? Small town. Yeah. <laughs> Earl's. Yeah, Earl's true value hardware. Yeah. All right, so we have to point out, you know, the, the Dallas reference. Uh, Vince makes a, a reference to Dallas as well earlier. You know, he saw an episode of Dallas. You know, this this character who plays the the father um, is is act, he was actually the sheriff on Dallas on the entire series. So that that was his his claim to fame there, and they bring him as a character actor to play the father. This dog is doing some good work. His name is Lou Harlan. Yeah, uh, oh, uh, Barry Corbin like is the actor. The, the She's the sales rep yeah, the dog is adorable. For, uh, <laughs> uh, I said the dog was Lou Harlan. <laughs> I got very excited. That's a cool name. That's a, I love that the dog has a first and last name. I got so excited for that. <laughs> I gotta get going. I gotta do. Oh, best that, character see, ever. The, and yeah, they bring a dog got later on paid too. while working uh, because he got he just got to eat Chinese food on set. Come on. Every sci-fi story needs a dog. Every yep. sci-fi. I mean, I mean, Back to the Future. We're gonna talk about time travel movies. Einstein, Einstein steals the show. Um, Independence Day has a great dog. Absolutely. Okay, so. This is their date that they're going on. Well, the plot of this movie is basically Ellie is asking Michael to go and be, his, be her date so she doesn't lose out as old maid in the superlatives in the yearbook. This is a story that, that is repeated throughout the 80s. In fact, if you watch the 80s film Can't My, Buy Me Love, it's the same thing. The roles are reversed. The guy, the nerd, dates the, the popular girl so she gets back at her ex. It's the same way Michael's getting back on his ex right here. So it's a cop. It's a very much similar trope. In fact, in Can't Buy Me Love, they do the exact same thing. They go to an abandoned airfield. I don't know why. This is like a co a common thing for people to do back in the eighties. Go find junkyards and abandoned airfields. I'll tell um, you. The, I'll tell you something, Jason. In the in the nineteen eighties, as a kid, as a fan of movies, I thought that abandoned airfields and quicksand were going to be a much bigger part of my life. <laughs> This isn't just any I, I also I thought oh, yeah? that I was going to have a fine car within 10 years. It used to be an old military testing ground. Now they just dump all their old junk here. I thought you'd like it. I mean, you want to be a reporter, don't you? Yeah, or a side. Yeah. But what's that got to do with anything? Look around. Everything here's got a story behind it. So his plan is just yeah. to find something yeah, at this yeah, abandoned yeah. base that that he can turn in for a project. It. Yeah, he's trying to find some type of old thing that he can fix up and turn in for a project. He could submit a something like a rebuild a carburetor, but Bob says no, you can't do that. So his his best hope is that he finds some kind of functional piece of technology that he doesn't understand 
how to operate or how it functions that he's going to pass off as an invention <laughs> that he right. can't explain. He's basically okay. they're they're breaking and entering into a into junkyard, and he's going to steal his science project. Okay. Um, that's uh, did you have you noticed the ominous just the shot of the hand of the security guard? We haven't seen any other body part, just the hand. Well, no, they showed him a little earlier playing cards. You know, he's no, not but just the attention. hand. We didn't see the rest of him. <laughs> we have, uh, of course, the underground, I guess, storage room on in the airfield. That's where they uh, keep the, the snakes. Obviously. Where they keep the snakes. The Indiana Jones style <laughs> pit where they keep the snakes. I was going to say that's probably where they keep the radiation. There it is, fallout shelter. Okay. Yep. Ellie with a very poor wardrobe choice right there. I have uh, Ellie's glasses, actually. Oh, they're adorable. <laughs> I love Ellie. She's a, she's the best. But, like, you see what I mean about how they're... The, the movie is going to great lengths to make that actress look frumpy. Um, yeah. So that later on, you know, we can see... Uh, through his eyes for the first time that she's actually gorgeous. We oh should goodness. only hope. Who knew? We, we should only hope. Of course, there's Gila monsters down in, the, in this underground layer. Yeah. But we should only hope that she has a makeover mid-movie. Ooh, another good dog. Another good sci-fi dog. Hey, dog. Uh, um, that dog might have been in the Terminator also. It might have gotten, uh, <laughs> gotten more roles. Back then, because um, there were there were German shepherds in Terminator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, I can't see you. Where are you? <laughs> Poor Ellie Michael. already has dirt all over her face. Really spooky. <laughs> One thing we were talking about is how th- you said that um, you found copies of the DVD of this movie available for upwards of $80 on eBay. Yeah. On eBay. Uh, this movie was we're we're currently watching it on, on YouTube streaming. I could not really find another option. I couldn't watch it on, um, Netflix. I looked on, uh, Hulu, Amazon prime. I couldn't, I couldn't find it anywhere else. Yeah. And Jason, I have a question. <laughs> Do you think this is kind of an interesting thing that, there are so many movies digitally available now or available on streaming, and this one is not. Is this movie going to be lost to the sands of time? Do you I think eventually there will just you know, not be copies of this movie? I believe it might. I doubt this one's coming back to street, to Disney+. Plus. I really don't think this is going to be showed. You're going to no, see Real Genius. I don't think anyone's going to remaster it. You're going to see Real Genius. You're going to see, you know, uh, the computer wore tennis shoes, but you're not going to see this movie. I think, in my mind, I confuse this movie with Real Genius a lot. Real Genius has Val Kilmer, correct? Absolutely. Can you give me the quick synopsis of that movie so I can distinguish it in my mind from my science project? Oh, I can't remember. A bunch of, a bunch of, uh, it's basically Revenge of the Nerds as well. A bunch of nerds can live together to save the world. Um, The end involves redirecting a a satellite to someone's house. Uh, and it superheats a, a bunch of popcorn. Yeah, it superheats a bunch of popcorn, and the, 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 yeah, it's 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 pretty wild and absurd, but uh, just as convoluted at times. I'm not a big so, fan of real genius, to be honest. <laughs> fair. Our main character found something glowing. Um, that seems to be good enough for for Dennis Hopper, as yeah. in his mind. Like he found something. Yeah, it's glowing. 
That's good. And it says in the box, like on the box, only under controlled conditions. So mm. let's let's just open it. Let's just take it, you know? And my my deeper question is, why would the United States military take this alien technology and just bury it in the ground? Michael, please. Funding. Lack of funding. Maybe. It was somebody's pet project a Things long time get ago. lost and misplaced. They get shuffled around. Yeah, the project got abandoned, and the people that worked on it were, uh, you know, declassified, okay. maybe. Yeah, so we can talk a little bit about, about uh, our lead here, Mr. Michael Harlan. Um, he's mm. played by John Stockwell. Um, Tell us about John Stockwell. So John, John, he, he basically was in some teen comedies. He was on in this teen comedy called Losing It with Tom Cruise. It's like one of Tom Cruise's big first films. But he was also in John Carpenter's Christine, which is about a killer car. It's wonderful. That's based and, on a Stephen King book, right? Christine. Yeah, based on the Stephen King book. The same year, um, he was in this really bad post-apocalyptic teen movie, the same year as this movie, 1985, uh, called City Limits. Um, and Mystery Science Theater, um, oh, I believe they did a version of it. I'm not sure. I have to go see it to find out they did. But later on, he went. He was very successful. He was in Top Gun uh, as one of the characters. And he's actually he became a, a very successful director. Directing films like Crazy Beautiful and Blue Crush and Into the Blue, a lot of a lot of ocean movies <laughs> in the early 2000s. Um, but yeah, he's been very successful doing television and film as a director. Um, Ellie, as we said, you know, she had done like General Hospital prior to this, and then La Bamba was was her big claim to fame. Back in the Goat. Look, I. Oh no. I'll get it. Oh no, indeed. What'd you do? He knows everything about the car. Oh, that, the visual language of that special effect, Jason, tells me that (laughs) the T-1000 is about to show up. (laughs) So yeah, this, this, uh, this film uses optical, you know, the optical printer very, very extensively. (laughs) It's one of, of course, the last films. Uh, to use yeah. optical printers, you know, Ghostbusters won a freaking Academy Award for their use of optical printers before we went everything digital. Um, but this is one of the the, the lesser celebrated films. Of Maybe, sci-fi but what we're 80s. describing is like this this effect of uh, lightning bolts uh, across the sc- across the frame, and in this case, it's oh, yeah, making his GTO, his well, goat, spark up and and act funny. And I I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you, Jason. I love that visual effect. Every yeah. time I see it, I think it's something First of that all, is still effective here, right? to this day. It still looks like it's blending in because they usually use it with machinery. They usually use it to make some some type of machine or computer or, or something electrical look like it's shorting out or coming alive. Mm-hmm. And it's always effective to me. I think it's right. a good effect. The big movie that came out prior to this was, of course, Return of the Jedi. With Emperor mm. Palpatine shooting lightning bolts from his hands. Um, Bingo, yeah. And that and that and that came out just prior to the movie. They they referenced that yeah, earlier. Yeah. You know, how many times did you see Jedi? It's like, what's Jedi? <laughs> it's like who has seen Jedi at that time? Uh, can I get channel eighteen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Close up on the bumper sticker. Four vids. Here it is. That's Vince's car. Man. 
You know whose car this looks dog. like? It looks like Dexter Point Dexter's car in Scrooged. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. The taxi. <laughs> the taxi with all the Christmas lights on it. Yeah, yeah, it's me. Listen, I. Apparently, Vince has got a CB radio in his in his car. By the way, when I say Dexter Poindexter, I of course hey, mean Buster Benicio Del Toro because because you cannot convince me. Buster Poindexter is not Benicio Del Toro. Yes, look at them side by side. Go ahead, listeners. There's downtown Julie Brown right there. Yep. Google a photo of each of those people and Dexter Poindexter and Benicio Del Toro. Tell me they're they're not time tra- a time traveler, one time traveler. Sorry, Jason. Go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, so basically they're pushing uh pushing the goat home because it's not working. What's this character's name, Jason? Vince. Vince with the sunglasses. Yeah, that's Vince. That's this is the guy. This is the guy that has the line, right? Vince is amazing. Um, amazingly bad. So. Sit on this butt plug. Oh man, this is a Disney movie. Disney was like, this is going to be our Back to the Future. This is going to make yeah. us tons of money. All right, so this is where the plot gets really, really weird. Um, oh, this is this is where it starts getting weird. Okay. <laughs> back to back to Sherman. Sherman, listen. Right, so Sherman is spying on them. Uh huh. Apparently, Sherman likes Ellie <sighs> in all the okay. wrong ways. He's hmm. a creeper. Not now. I'm not in the mood no more. You'll be begging me later. Oh man. You're lucky. Wow. But look who's with him. The same jocks that were behind him throwing beer at him. How did he win them over? I don't know. I really don't know. Apparently now they're all friends. And we just have to we have to just believe it. Just believe it that that Sherman is in cahoots with the jocks. Okay. It was um So this movie is a really a step forward a for like class uh, stratification, you know, and, and blending the different <laughs> social classes in high schools. Look at that chemistry right there. And the music. Hey, Ellie? That was the only pop song earlier that we heard, The Warrior. Um, great pop song, if everyone's heard it. That's the only, yeah. like, major pop song you're going to hear in this movie. They saved it for that okay. one scene. That's all they could afford. Yeah. The uh, the woman in Fisher Stevens' car just now looked like Cindy Lauper. Yeah, she's basically a, just a Cindy Lauper rock Stop, knockoff. Baby. Yo, blasting off! Is it Vinny or Vince? Come on, you guys, make up your mind. Gosh, you got dibs on Sawyer. Sure. Do we have a deal or what? So the contraption well, uh, that nerd guy is wearing on his head is is to is like a hearing device or what is he doing? I, I guess I guess he's trying to spy on them so it makes them hear. Uh, those were super powered binoculars. So they just got into a deal to to basically like we're gonna get Sawyer out of the we're gonna get uh, Sawyer Michael out of the way. Uh, no, we're gonna get Ellie for you. It, but we'll get Michael out of the way to do so. But you have to do our homework. Um, that's the plot for Sherman, basically. What did what did these jocks have against Michael? They just don't like him. I don't know why. But they also need their homework done. They have to get their science projects done so they can graduate. So they're in the same boat as Michael, right? And they they see 
uh, this nerd kid as their way. Is it is it that they were going to try to get Ellie to solve their science project problem, and Michael already did that, or? Am I or am I dig? Am I looking you know, I too deeply into the plot of this movie? Up, <laughs> I think it might be. I mean, Michael's Michael's going for the the device Wonder basically. The okay. Have a look at the stars. Holy shot! Uh, I swear, somebody's got. Man, if uh, if Vince were dropped into the current year right now, like he wouldn't have to change his clothes, right? Vince's clothes are amazing. Vince is basically. Uh, about five, four years later, um, he, 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 hey, what's this piece of junk? I don't know. I, uh, found it out at old Dawson Field. Vince is, so Vince is basically Vinny Delfino from yeah, Dookie Hauser, MD, four years me. later. It's the same character. You know, the, it's the, the same the character. Brooklyn transplant that's no kind of sexed up. Yep. <laughs> the same, it's the same character from Clarissa Explains It All, right? That, like, uh, like climbs up her window on a ladder right just like that friend that just like comes the ac slater character that just like comes in they're just cool like they just don't wait that that character was ferguson wasn't it that was Ferguson's no ferguson was her brother oh, okay so it right, was back cool in school we have so here cool. vince with the fingerless gloves more pointless than ever smoking a cigar <laughs> in class <laughs> what <laughs> Look, considering Dennis Hopper is doing whippets in front of his class, somebody's definitely it's, got it. In it's it's the school's fault. It's the school's fault for being so lax. How how is he graduating? Maybe it's a super senior slide. I don't know. Uh, well, this was you said George W. Bush promoted um, produced this movie. Yeah, George W. Bush uh, is famous for enacting the No Child Left Behind Act. So I think there's your answer, Jason. <laughs> Uh, Fisher Steven. Yeah, he uh, he he went on to do great things after all of the crud in the 90s of ending with Super Mario Brothers. Hackers was probably when he turned around and started doing some good stuff. But he even won a freaking Academy Award for The Cove in 2009. He produced that mm. movie. Um, he's producing. He produced The Tiger King. Everyone loves the Tiger King right now. Okay. Fisher Stevens was a production. That was Fisher Stevens production. Dope. He he and and by the way, this this prop right here, I want this prop. This yeah. is an amazing construction of a prop here. There's so much going on Ooh. here. Ooh, this looks it's, like out of the fifth element. But there's something out of like Hellraiser right now. You know, when they're yeah. opening, you know, the box, you know, and releasing all the, the, the bad mojo and demons of the Pandora style box. That's what kind of this is right now. Hellraiser yeah. came out a little bit later, but it's the exact same thing. The things shifting in different places and the kind of slow, careful, oh. methodic. Movement. This is a classic. 80s movie doohickey and, yeah. and the fact that it has like right? actual moving parts is really cool and that it's not a cg thing is really really cool and the fact that it looks like you bought it on the shelf of spencer gifts that's what makes it amazing yeah. <laughs> what do you think it is? the fact <laughs> that you could slap this together out of stuff from your garage today yeah. right like you went to spencer gifts he's like i love that plasma orb let's make a whole entire movie about it what this thing runs on <laughs> unleaded Maybe premium. Was that, was that oh, more optical, optical printer? printer more effect. wonderful electricity. Shorten out the boombox. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, not the batteries. Uh, How do I know this is an 80s movie, Jason? <laughs> Go get that battery. Bring it here, would you? 
You know what? This really weird, odd device that we found, let's just hook up a battery to it. Yeah. Blows up in your face. You got nothing to lose. Light up. Yeah, it just it just shorted out our uh, expensive radio. Let's you know. It might have shorted out our car too. We don't know. What happens? Be careful. Oh shit! Oh! Oh! oh. oh. Put that thing out. Oh, now something's on fire. Oh, Holy smoke! Whoa! What was that noise? Look, look, look. Yeah, disconnected. Yeah, you disconnect, but I'll watch. Let's just, yeah, let's, let's, let's grab some pliers and touch it with pliers. What's doing? Watch into a battery. Vince? Oh, wait, the pliers yeah. disappeared. That's not a good idea. <gasps> We're hallucinating, mm. right? No auto limits I ever seen at this stuff. What do we do? So Vince's referenced many TVs shows that the same. You just referenced Manix earlier. That was just an outer limits Go reference. Ahead, I'll, I'll we have down. to have this like belief that that Vince has got his entire life just in front of the television. Um, mm. In fact, to the point where he thinks that it gives him the authority to do things. I don't know why. Apparently, he thinks it's a school. Um, it's where he learns his life lessons from. That's interesting. That's that. That is a lot of characters TV back in the eighties. Um, the well, maybe not strictly the eighties, but that was that's a common fear that television is going to brainwash kids or you know raise them to, to think a certain way. Or, effects of TV, maybe. Or yeah, or to like emulate everything they see on TV. Right. Grab it, Vince. Come on. Well, the cable guy, that was the whole entire movie. Hey, put that on there. That's good. Their cubbies conveniently on top. What? It's weird. Wait, Jason, what year did Bill and Ted come out? Uh, came out a few years later. 88, I believe. Yeah. 88. I don't know. But let's talk about that. I mean, because this is... So, yeah, so Vince just says that they've gone two hours into the future, okay? So that makes them travel in time here, okay? That begs the question, is this a time travel movie? Like, what is happening? Um, I think fundamentally is a time travel movie, yes. Uh, But what makes a time travel movie? You know, is it just the fact that the characters move in time? Uh... Bill and Ted, obviously, Strange time travel movie where you know, they get into a magic, you know, telephone booth and, and go back in time and, and basically steal historical figures so they can, again, graduate with their final presentation. I don't know what it is. Maybe this is something weird ethical thing with high school. You have to kind of break the rules to graduate. I don't know why. Um, stuff vanishing and then stuff but, but what makes a time travel movie you know we've had this conversation a little bit before in the past like the best ones i would say in my opinion uh would be the ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect for example back to the future three that's my favorite time travel movie uh on top of that you know star trek four another great time travel movie but you wouldn't expect it 
of course, you have the standard, you know. Uh, well, by, ba- by Back to the Future 3, I think you're expecting it to be a time travel movie. It's the third one. Well, uh, what's yeah. it about? But, but, <laughs> but what makes it, like, they don't travel back and forth in time necessarily in that movie. Right, so it's right, about right. Time travel. You know, well, here, here's here's a difference, though, between this movie and Back to the Future. Um, in this movie, it seems like time is traveling around them. Like, right. for example, that, that Boz appeared in the room. Uh, the axe suddenly appeared. Like a, but, it looked like a medieval battle axe appeared in the ceiling. But they did travel to Apple Rome the future in that previous scene, which is weird. Because oh, not so it's many. It's right. So we're being a little bit of explanation here. It's called a time warp. You see... It's kind of like breaking through the barriers between time, space, and all dimensions. Hey, you mean oh, space. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so they're basically saying that they're creating like some type of weird space-time like vortex or wormhole, you know. To, but they're saying it's different planes of reality. So I don't know if it's necessarily what's going on. Only if the warp got out of control. Out of control, how? Well, Einstein theorized it would take tremendous power to break through a dimension barrier. And the danger is that once you unleash the power, you'd lose control of it. Yeah, and then, then what? Earth's energy field would go crazy. Chain reaction could start. Weather could change. Oh, boy. And boom! <laughs> You're oh, all I don't think Einstein dust. said that. <laughs> I don't think Weather. he said that. Einstein didn't... Um, Weather could change and boom. And boom. But cosmic dust. I'm wearing my Einstein shirt with another bullshit quote. If at first you don't succeed, order pizza. That's right. Albert Einstein. Turn it in. Get my diploma. I'm gonna kiss this school goodbye. Einstein also said 90% of all historical quotes are misattributed. 60 minutes. 60 minutes, huh? I know Mm-hmm. Is that Stanley? You guys cut my science file. That's his cameo. Oh no! You cut my science file, guys. In the ozone. In the ozone flow zone. Camo van. I know. Bob. Bob's got the best van. Bob Bobberts. Rob Dino Roberts. Supreme. Listen, Bob says, unless your project is Bob, Dino Supreme. Mm. Foreshadowing for. Dino Supreme effects we're going to see later. Dino Supreme is my favorite taco at Taco Bell right now. (laughs) I believe uh, the Flintstones had the Dino Supreme on the menu at all of the restaurants. So how come you didn't tell him, huh? Tell him what? We got a door to the Twilight Zone? Yeah, you're gonna blow his doors off with this information. Yeah. More Are TV references. Hey, school tax jellyfish. Come on, come on, come on. Here. Drift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vinny, you're so awful. Man. This is a rare 80s movie that makes us root for the bully. Yeah. Instead you root for the nerds. nerds. Well, and the nerds, nerds too. You want to say for Ellie and Sherman. Alright, so Ellie now. Oh, wait, who is that? It's Ellie. She does read Cosmo. No, it's not Ellie. She's not wearing glasses, Jason. Wait, are you sure? Yeah, Ellie's a nerd with glasses. Oh, must be must be like the Clark Kent effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this girl is like reading Cosmo. She's on the phone. She's got her, her mask mud mask. On. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not what? what? So they've redone the apartment now. Okay. They, there's there's been some Dolores, who's the, the the girl. Is that Dolores? I think they uh, they've moved in. Whoever it is has moved in. Um, what is up with that poster? <laughs> I don't know, but this entire living room looks like it's Valentine's Day in a hotel lobby. Right. It, it looks like someone like just ripped off the, the set of Dallas and brought it in here. <laughs> or designing women. Designing women. Bought the big TV now. Hey, what the hell happened here? Oh, All his fish stuff is in boxing. It boxes. Like you can't. You can't have the. Dolores did it. The kitschy you stuff anymore. Dolores. Oh, hello, Michael. It's just so lovely to see you again. It's, it's creepy. Lovely. You remember Dolores? <laughs> I hardly recognize Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> what is up with that poster in the back? I don't know. It's it her, is signed. It? If you watch it again, it's signed. I don't know why. Wait, it's, it's a oh, signed poster of her? Signed poster. Is it her? I don't know. No, oh, I thought it was her. I, I just know. saw the hair and her hair. And honestly, uh, the video quality of this movie that we're watching is the highest possible. Um, but we are not currently watching a, a Blu-ray or a DVD even, Did you grab the, the... There's an HD version that if we take a break, we'll maybe switch over to that version. I tried to share, I, we'll share it to you again. To be honest, Jason, I I don't know if we're going to be sharing any of the video of this at all. <laughs> I think it's I think it's really just going to be the audio. Could be, which is Could fine. Be. Um, especially because like I'm leaning forward like a hunch person <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> You're in a cave Aww. to get closer to my mic. There's the doggy again. <laughs> the doggy comes back. You have to love that dog. That dog Aww. is great. The dog saves. I'm glad the day. they they're feeding that dog well. And you have to, okay, the best part right now, watching Rin Tin Tin. The dog is watching Rin Tin Tin. Amazing. That's some comedy. Burnt. Anytime, Vinny. Any minute. All right. Vince is now breaking and entering. <laughs> he can pick locks. Apparently he learned that in the streets of, of Brooklyn. Watch out, watch out. Where is this movie taking place? California? What is this? I, I believe it's like My California, school. yeah. Well, something's going on around here. What the hell? It's time to rip off from the auto shop. Come and on. the Star Wars reference here. The, yeah. the, uh, the, the jocks have, you know, Stormtrooper masks, and one of them has a Darth Vader mask. Those were good masks. Where Those did they get really them? good masks. They must have you know, taken them somehow. From where, though? Like, I this is a... Uh, this is a small town somewhere. Like, where did they? I don't know. Movie quality special effects masks. Like okay, that. now we're like in. That. Now we're in. Now suddenly yes. Ellie's here. Ellie's what appeared. She wasn't there before, but now she's suddenly there. You know, they Bob called her, right? They called her, but now she's suddenly she, now she's suddenly there. She didn't come before. Now she's here. Now, now Bob. Now Bob. Does Bob sleep in his off in the school? In his office? Why is he there late at night? We know he has just the van. Does he's he live in the van man. down by the river? Yeah, his job is his life. Yeah. <laughs> and his van is his life. Oh. I'm back. Now we got some science stuff going on right here. Wow. Okay, there's the Spencer Gifts Van de Graaff. Right? Huh? Psychedelic. Come on, touch it. Go ahead. It looks like, uh, Jason, did you ever play Doom? Yes, this this uh, this contraption looks like the BFG from Doom. Yeah, it does. It does. It also looks very very expensive. And I bet to the props guy, I was like, whatever you do, don't break the damn prop. 
Okay, now this is a very technical piece of equipment called a neo spectrometer. They just hooked up to it. There's no such thing as a neo spectrometer. So a spectrometer is a real thing that I've operated, which, you know, it, it, it detects trace particles of different gases in the air and tells you the percentage of them. A neo spectrometer, neo just means it's, it's new. So what does that mean? What is this? Neo, this specific device, this specific device can tell you what the metal is made out of. And he says it's not any known metals on Earth. Generating power and light without heat, Michael. How is that possible? It's not possible. It's not. Man. It's not on this world anyway. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, what world are we talking about here? Hey guys, let's do the time warp again. Let's grab another battery and plug it in. Let's do the time warp again. Hook it up, Vinny. Just wait till you see this. You hook it up. You hook it up. I hooked it up last time. No, no, I'm not going near this thing. You hook it up. Wait, wait. Guys are fighting over something. Okay, Bob. See, Ellie hasn't gone through a full makeover. She just, she just read Cosmo and put a mask right, on. Yeah, well, she was just uh, moisturizing her pores. Oh. No. Oh. More electricity. <laughs> Hey, I've seen lights like this at a Ozzy Osbourne concert. Oh, boy. <laughs> Can you imagine the advanced alien civilization that created this? I mean, this is, uh... This is bigger than all of us. I mean, it's... Uh, this is, uh... Bob is digging this. This is bigger. Mm. Bigger than any of us. This is bigger than the planet. It's, uh... It's even bigger than the solar system. Okay, now we can hear the, the music, the orchestration swell here. Um, there's, I believe they ran out of money making this film. Because <laughs> most of the film does not have orchestration, especially some of the key scenes later on. Uh, it gets eerily silent. This is the same track as the beginning of the film, basically. Uh, when they were the when they were driving, legs. you know, through the no, mountains no, to get to no. the, the, the hangar. No, no, no. Now we're in speculation territory. Still, is Dennis Hopper onto something that this is alien technology, or is this oh, experimental? Oh no! Slimed whoa, out. Whoa, it slimed out the battery. The battery got slimed out, overheated. Yeah, so Dennis Hopper believes it's alien. And he believes that the aliens are able to manipulate space, time, energy itself. So he's so enamored with this. Now he's going to plug it into the outlet. He's just sticking things in the electrical outlet. So far, though, Jason, is the movie telling us that this was, like, tech we recovered from a crashed UFO? Or is this something that we invented? You know, it's tech from the crash UFO, yeah. Ah. The, bo- the bogey that, that crashed earlier that they kept in the hangar. Okay, so to so get this back is an at... alien movie. Uh, could be. To get back at, at Michael, the bullies are now spray-painting, of course, his goat. Apparently that's going to show him. And that's how they're going to push Ellie into Sherman's hands. I don't mm-hmm. understand how that works. You don't know what you I mean, it's pure. I do think it's time for another drink. Pure space. Hell. Oh. Michael, don't let well, Pure space. Stop it. Stop it. Do something. 
tripping out. Someone needs to get Bob some B12 and some orange slices, man. Yeah. Bob took the brown acid. Oh, whoa. Did you see that? That really bad. That was really bad for some reason. Puppet action where he got stretched for a half. Now, Jason, when you say when you say really bad, you mean incredibly believable oh. and visually impressive because God, they, that's how they I saw stretched it. Stretched him for three frames. It's just so bad they just cut it. It's like his head. <laughs> oh no! Just the peace sign. Hey, it's Christmas time. <laughs> and the Star Wars bullies. So what is that like? Flower shaving cream, I guess. Apparently they're, that's, they're really that's getting revenge make, on this guy. It's really getting revenge, making Ellie love Sherman. Yeah. He's really gonna have to, you know, get his car washed after this. All right? Yeah. <laughs> That'll show him. Michael, is Bob dead? I don't know. Great. There goes my D. There goes my D. What are we gonna do? We're gonna stop ourselves. What? Was Vince hoping to get a D? Break the connection. Is that they like how low yeah, he just wants the ambitions pass, are? Right? Yeah. A D is passing apparently. So that's what's all the he wanted. That's um, that's the plot of uh, Black Tommy Black Boy, Black right? Black right. Not the plot. That's the the just the opening of Tommy Boy. <laughs> what an exaggeration to say that's the entire plot. All right. So Although the, the, that movie's not very heavy on plot. The electricity is going in and out of the town right now. The okay, mm -hmm. what we have to believe here—they're not really explaining it—but the device is sucking all the electricity out of the town. Uh, because it's now connected to the grid because we plugged it in directly to the outlet, right? Right, because Bob just is brilliant. But what are yeah, they trying so to now do? It has almost unlimited power to draw from. Right, so they have to stop it. What are they going to do? Oh, wait, let's go to the hardware store and grab some dynamite and blow up the electrical towers. And let's Fisher Stevens is juggling dynamite. He's juggling dynamite. <laughs> Nothing got, he does. Is, that a, is he smoking the cigar again? again? He's smoking a cigar. Nothing he's doing with, with any care or consideration. Singing Mission Impossible. He dropped, he dropped the... Uh, Meanwhile, the dynamite is racing. They're racing the goat down the, uh, the highway right now. That goat, thank God, they have that goat. So, Jason, this is this is a good opportunity to talk about one of the themes that comes up a lot in Robots vs. Dinosaurs, which is that uh, technology. The more we try to harness technology, the more it blows up in our face. The more the more it literally runs away from us and is chaotic and and is is impossible to control. It's always invented by people whose intention is to is to have total control. Yeah, so absolutely. There's all the you have, can't be ignorant of the technology you're using, and that's very much what's going on right now. You can't just use it. Because guess what? You're gonna open up a time warp. Uh, but at the same time, though, they've got dynamite in their hands. You know, Nobel created dynamite, and they're going to use this technology to save the world. So, so there's there's good and bad. I don't know why. I don't know why Vince knows how to set up dynamite. I don't know why Michael knows how to use dynamite. I don't know why there's a hardware store that has dynamite. I've never, I've never encountered a hardware store with dynamite. But apparently, they're out racing. Uh, 
and they've beaten the electricity to some point in the electrical grid. Now that um, yeah. And they think I, they can stop technology now by using dynamite. They're just going to blow it up. Jason, I have, I have two questions. My first one, though, is are you a scientist? No. I am not a scientist either. My second question... Okay, I have to interrupt you. He's smoking a cigar, just lit a lit cigar while dynamite hung from his neck. Oh, what? indeed. Indeed, because because safety is uh, not first. It's uh, not even on the list. Um, my second question is, what is what is the speed of electricity? And if neither of us are scientists that know the exact speed of electricity, is a car faster than electricity <laughs> traveling through wires? Electricity is the speed of light, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's like, so, <laughs> apparently... <laughs> They're going faster than the speed of light, I guess. Yep, I don't, that's the goat. All the television references that Vince has are Westerns, okay? So it would make sense that he's, he's trying to do something Western theme here. What what is the plan? They have the the uh, dynamite is rigged up or duct taped to one of the, the electrical the towers. The, yeah, the, the power lines. They're just blowing up the power lines, and there they go. Oh, they're they trying to it. break the circuit. Right, break the circuit. So they blew up Got the power me. lines just now. Yeah, there they go. They broke the circuit. No more power for the the engine. I guess it's supposed to be an engine. That but there's an unsupervised, UFO. uncontrolled fire in the school uh, laboratory, so that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. The whole power <laughs> is gone to the entire town. They just they just yep. block out the entire town. They also just committed a ma- an act of domestic terrorism by <laughs> basically by literally blowing up a, a power grid, all okay. for the sake of passing high school <laughs> and getting a AI on your size project. And you can see in the background here, there goes the town slowly going out in power. So the stakes, the stakes in this movie are the less, also the lesson. Is, okay, so we're seeing right now the bullies, okay. The bullies are getting arrested. Okay. The bullies are, why. but not the domestic terrorists. The bullies are getting arrested. We have no reason why. I don't know why. They're just getting is arrested. It, is it for blowing up an electrical grid? Because no. some characters in this movie just did that. They could have shaving creamed a car, but they, Michael, they, they maybe confessed to it. I don't know. Oh man, you got right. cream handed. There's some there's some details to the movie which I appreciate. Like this one, where the entire town behind them has no electricity. That makes sense. Okay. And that car had uh, Oh, Vince is drinking, by the way, a beer in the car. Why? I have no idea. Good night. Jason, he's been through some stress tonight. It's been a rough night. But look, look, there's the power company trying to set up the electricity again. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, batteries still work. So everybody's like, that's why cars are still running. Right. Oh, oh, wait, wait, here's the problem. As well as the deliberate dynamiting of Carson power lines by unknown individuals. Police have mounted a full-scale investigation and hope to have more reports soon. This police are after our special bulletin. You know, I... I can't stop thinking about Bob. I know. Neither can I. I can't stop thinking about you, Ellie. I'm really scared, Michael. I 
There's that intense Whatever chemistry coming up. Wherever it's from. Oh. Okay. Sorry for that noise. So just don't worry about it. Okay. Ellie biting oh. her little bit. Oh. My parents are going to have a hormonal disturbance. Um, I, I've got to go. Good night. Ellie? Ellie? I was and you can see they just cleaned the shaving cream off the goat. It's just I was just about to ask about that. The car is no longer covered in shaving cream. It's dusty, though. Yeah, it's so how dusty. Did, when did that happen? It's white and dusty. I don't know how talk to each other. or when. They just, it's gone. I don't know. I'm, uh... Jason, I'm starting to think this movie has a couple of loose threads. I loved right. in books. Okay. As airtight as it's been so far. <laughs> okay, so they're I'm saying surprised. goodnight right now. They're saying goodnight now. Good night, good night, good night. Oh, yeah, we're missing some very important character very development important. here. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait. They kiss. Oh, but it's nothing. Whatever. Wait, what? Yeah. That's the first kiss? Well, you know, she's shy. What? She wears glasses, so she's never, ever been kissed before. But if that's the first kiss, it shouldn't just be kiss. Bye. It should be after more than I do people. The sincere conversation has to happen first. Maybe you've just been trusting the wrong people. And now you kiss. There's the kiss. Yeah. See, the first kiss just, like, why? Why even have it? It was bad. It was bad. Oh. There it is. My retainer. Yes. Oh, she had gum in the whole time? Awful. She had the retainer and gum. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Ellie, good for you. Good okay, yeah, that's you. a pretty hot movie, guys. Yeah. Well and, and, and Fade to black. Ellie, you're reading Cosmo. You're you're doing the mask. Good for you, Jason. All right. After so David the Crockett, 19, get, the dog is back. After the 1950s, other than this movie just now, when did when did movies stop doing the couple is kissing fade soft fade out to black? Because I don't see it anymore, and I don't miss it, but I don't see it anymore. I don't know when you? it happened. I'm the long arm I don't know the if there's a definitive movie. The classic Hollywood kiss is is gone. Yeah, you know, it it's it was Scarlett hey, O'Hara and Gone in the Wind, and you know, that's I fallen away. All right, so we have Detective Jack Nolte here, who's basically Orson Welles' character from Touch of Evil. I I love this character. He's been on screen for three seconds, and I oh love my god. Him He's got that earlier picture of him in the in the darkness smoking the cigar. And all you see is the glowing ember of the cigar. Yep, and it's brilliant. I'm in. There's moments I'm of in. brilliance in this film. Dolores is like immediately defending him. I got three eyewitnesses that put you at the high just school up in his grill. Uh, right, business. but why was he's he waiting? Cigar. This is this is um, darkness. I don't know why he's just waiting in darkness. <laughs> Jason, this is a time travel movie. This is who Vince. Uh, it turns out to be in the future. This is Vince from the future. Oh, maybe. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael. How about you and me take a little ride down to the station? 
It's a space-time cigar continuum. <laughs> I'm going with you. It's their wedding night. They flew off to Vegas and got married, and this is their wedding night. Thank you. Um, if anyone hasn't seen you know, Touch of Evil uh, by Orson Welles, uh, it's, it's got the, one of the best long takes ever shot on film. Uh, the opening sequence, The Touch of Evil. It's it, the... The cinematic masterpiece of that scene, the tension builds so much, but it, it involves dynamite as well. So I recommend anyone see that Bring film. Bring the gizmo to the police station. That, that first opening sequence in particular. You're talking about where they uh, unknowingly put the dynamite, dynamite in the trunk and the car oh, is just very Spoiler alert. Passing through. <laughs> well, it's the opening scene of the movie. It's yeah. literally the, the opening <laughs> it's shot. It's literally is, the opening shot of the movie. <laughs> is them putting it... Yeah, but, but it is one of those um, really classic <laughs> film principles of... What when the audience okay, knows something Lou. that the the protagonist on screen don't know? Oh, yeah, the, that, that dramatic sword. irony. And speaking of dramatic Look, irony, this is the scene. What's your name? Look, Michael, just what? tell the sergeant all your personal information. Don't do it, the background actors. Hey, like, what? what? Right <laughs> all the bullies were arrested. Jason, this sheriff, how many auditions do you think that actor went on that uh, Burt Reynolds got the job instead of him? You know, I think he probably knew someone at Disney. Tell me a little fairy story about this, boys. He is manhandling them. Was that was he dangling that peace sign as like evidence that they are drug token hippies or that that they they're guilty I don't know I don't know the connection of the peace sign to them because it's Bob's that doesn't make any yeah. sense well like does this guy does this cop know that it was Bob's and he's accusing them of of like having something to do with Bob being missing yeah maybe I don't know he's trying to figure out who blew up the electrical towers oh so no one gives you no nobody really cares about Bob being missing then. I don't understand how Bob comes into play with the electrical lines but here's Ellie back at the scene of the crime in the in the in the high school, and she sees yeah. now all the statues emerging. Now we got the like sword. a sword, like a manticore. Spring-loaded cat Sherman. He's like a cat. He's, he's, he's also stalks her wherever she goes. Trouble. So. So you gotta get out of here before the police find out you're involved. But I'm going worry. to save you. I'll cover for you. I'll say, uh, I'll say... Yeah, Sherman's a creep. He's a little bit of a creeper. He gets, a, he gets more creepier as the movie goes on. Yeah. I can't, I can't express enough. I think, Jason, I think in the movie, in the, in the movies, Jason, I think in the 80s, um, movies wanted us to have a better outlook on nerds, and, and it tried in a lot of misguided ways to do that, and I think this is a good example of it. Um, Revenge of the Nerds itself is a very good example of it, where they lean so hard into trying to make the nerds look cool or, like, get the girl or, or whatever... Uh, that they end up doing absolutely reprehensible, often yeah, illegal. Like Sherman. Hey. Like, oh, here he goes. Hey, what's the matter? I got boogers? Huh? Hey, kid. Why do you wear sunglasses at night? Because when you're cool, the sun shines on you 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh. Oh, with a homophobic comment. Vince, you ruined that line. Dang. 
at least it's Man, I was, but yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Sherman doing reprehensible things. He just did the time warp again and plugged the damn machine into the electrical socket again. The power's back on. Now it's off again. Here goes the crazy homeless guy running away. Well, you know what, Jason? This movie is called My Science Project, and uh, that, that's, that's okay. the running theme, is that everybody's just experimenting. They're just trying to project. My Science Felony. Bits just stole a car. In fact, a police car. My Science Grand Theft Auto. My Science, uh, hey, this device blows up everything we plug it into. Let's keep plugging it into bigger and bigger things. Wow. No one takes notice to Vince just stealing a police car. He's there. Well, Jason, when you're cool, the sun shines for 24 hours a day. I lost a great life. Sherman, what did you do? She's in the tower. That's a good fake out shot. I want to give this movie props for that fake-out shot we just saw. We're worried about Ellie just got blown up or burned to death, and it cuts to the burning lab and the clearly fake um, skeleton laying on the ground. Right, it's like, oh, no, that's not her. That's just a science But if I'm going to wind up in yeah. another dimension like Bobberino... I'm going in there. Man. Oh, Vince just stole the shotgun from the back of the car. No, 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 This is no time to be sitting around sucking snot. After you, lunch meat. Oh, no! We'll never come back. So, so Jason, I want to talk about another thing, another Uh-oh. common theme that comes up in, in Robots vs. Dinosaurs. No yeah. In the past four episodes, See, I told you guys. something that we've noticed that happens a lot is Look, people from the uh, past, property the gets destroyed. And we're all and here together. often the people in charge, the authorities, like are a, more, way more like concerned about the value of the property than the fact that yeah. people are in wow. danger. Like Pretty in much. Jaws, for example... We talked about how, like, the mayor was more upset that someone defaced the billboard by showing, depicting a shark attack. He was about the fact that a girl died and a human life was lost. This movie, grades are way more important than property. So, like, property has no value in this. There's a huge ethical imbalance in this movie. I mean, Mm -hmm. you you have to weigh the pros and cons of what you're doing, but apparently getting an A is everything. And, and passing high school means that you can on, commit baby. arson, hey, hey, terror, you acts of terrorism. You could you I'll could commit you felonies. You can be a lech. And you can steal a cop car and just carry a weapon around or shopping around. Just steal shotguns. What is this proto-beast? Son of a bitch, what do you call this, Wawa? Actually... I think you'd call it a, a Neanderthal man. That is, yeah, well, no, that is not a Neanderthal man. One shot in the and he's down. Oh, that does not look this. like a Neanderthal man. I could be at home watching the <laughs> It looks like an abominable snowman or Bigfoot. Barney Rubble <laughs> just tried to flame awful. me out. <laughs> hey, you guys, wait up! Betty, come on! Is that Cleopatra's Lotus? Awesome. If he had killed, if he had killed that Neanderthal, do you think there's a chance that that would have disrupted the entire path of human evolution? Well, that's the thing. You, there, there's no butterfly effect in consideration. Who knows what the the, um, the effects of interfering with time is? Someone just got stabbed right there. Oh, oh come on, Fisher Stevens. Oh, come on, come on, 1980s. 
There's a lot of it here. There's so much. Salutamos. Sure, what's he saying? He's going to kick our ass. That's another great line. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the first of the uh Alright. I you know what I like some I like some low budget choreography. I'm on I'm on board with this. Oh wait, wait. Did Michael just kill a guy? Mm. He's dead. You just he just on a guy who's been dead a billion years. He just killed a guy. Hey, Mike. He's 18 Mike, years old okay? and just killed someone. Come on, Sherman, help him up. Come on, okay? Come on, okay? This is a Can Disney movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Ah. Thanks. Right now, it's time for some tug and cheek racism from uh, good old Vince. Oh, we well, let, let's go ahead and talk over that. Um, in, <laughs> in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the, the difference is they have a working phone booth time machine that they know how it operates. Ruf, Rufus uh, explains to them how it operates, so they're in, in more or less in control of it. And they're plucking people out of the timeline to bring them into the modern day in order yeah. to get a good grade. In this movie, very similar setup. He's using scientific technology to try to get a good grade in his high school science class, but it, the difference is the, the, the tech has gotten wildly out of control. Yeah. So it's kind of like the containment unit in Ghostbusters, you know, blowing up and all the ghosts get out. Instead, yes. it's all the timelines get out. And, and so they're trying to close Pandora's box right now. Put, put the demons back in the box. Um, so we're, what we're seeing in these, in these few sequences, we're seeing not only people, but places and objects and things coming from different who knows where they're going within the school and what's happening in those timelines. Um, but they're just, like, mercilessly killing everything in their path. They're, they're now apparently in Vietnam, I guess, uh, fighting yeah. the Viet Cong. And he just smashed a locker on some guy's face. That's okay. Don't get up. Yeah, these kids are now like being backed into a corner where they have to commit atrocities. War atrocities. It's like they're they're fighting for survival, and it's it's very disturbing. In order to get a D, in order to get that's the goal. Sherman's bleeding. He's already gotten stabbed. They all have guns. They just stole the guns off the dead bodies. Cliff notes, Latello. How do you work these things, huh? Sherman. You scare me. According to Stoddard's Guide to Modern Weaponry, you eject the spent clip, you pop the fresh clip into the chamber, Uh-oh. pull back the cocking mechanism, and you're ready to rock and roll. I wouldn't have pegged Sherman for a gun nut. I think the conceit is that he just knows, he knows a lot about a lot. Like, he's Maybe. just a nerd that is knowledgeable about things. I didn't think he was an enthusiast, though. I don't think I don't think Sherman knew he was an enthusiast until the first time he held a gun. That's what it looks, that's what it looks like in this movie. <laughs> ah, there they are, the future mutants. Yes. 
Yes, laser weapon. They've got laser drops. They all they all sound like Phileas Crum. Is that it from from Star Wars? That <laughs> yeah. Okay, remember I said there was no music at all at one point? Smart. Mm -hmm. Very smart. There's no more music. So this is, um, I might have just said this, but this is definitely another uh, place where time is moving around them rather than them moving put it through down? time. Who are right. these guys, huh? Right. They they, um, interestingly, this is something that, uh, that, that was pointed out to me recently. Futurama has a similar concept where, where Let's get the Planet here. Express is able to, um, instead of sort of warping, like going through a hyperspace warp to jump from one place to another, it moves the universe around itself in order to jump from one, one place to another. Interesting. This is like kind of like a time nexus or time crossroads, you know? Characters and things and events intertwine here at this space-time nexus. A nexus is big. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, or I'm flipping Pluto. Come on! <laughs> oh, vids. Did he say we're on flipping Pluto? Yeah. I don't know. My ears are ringing like the gong. Where, where's Ellie right know. now? What happened to Ellie? Again, she's knocked out. Whoa. She is We're at the scene of the crime where the machine is. So they fridged her. Basically. The most, oh, man. The most yeah. assertive and smart and brilliant an interesting character of the entire film has been taken off, yeah. off the uh, off the well, theme. She not only got fridged, she got replaced by Sherman, who yeah. is the Can much less interesting version of her. So no, she's the less the less interesting. He's the, absolutely the worst of the nuts. Here's our dinosaur, Jason. This is the reason we picked this movie. Godfunkingzilla. Yes, it's Godfunkingzilla. Oh, yes. I've never, you'll never hear a better description of a dinosaur as Godfunkingzilla. <laughs> so, Jason, is there anything you can tell us about the dinosaur that we're seeing? Like it's, the construction of it or anything? It's awful. It looks like a combination of a marionette. I just don't believe it. And, oh, no, no, no. Uh, Listen, Jason, we're... <laughs> Robots versus Dinosaurs is not here to judge the quality of the dinosaur. I'm just asking if you know anything about, like, how uh, how they're achieving this this incredible effect that we're seeing on screen. Look, it looks like some type of puppet, and, and then there's a, a they're, them in front of a green screen, which yeah. they've, they've used as the wonderful optical, optical printer again to just put it in front of them. I'm going in back. And it looks like they're doing it with some bad force perspective. They made the dinosaur look larger than it is. Now, yeah, I was going to say they're doing a lot. aimlessly at the dinosaur. He just decided to go, hey, let's just fire at it. Now it's picking him up. Now, I didn't know Tyrannosaurus could pick things up with their tiny little arms, but that's what's happening with Vince. He's yeah, not getting Vince. I wouldn't hear him. They're doing, they're doing a lot with force perspective, for sure. Um, I... 
close-ups of some bad, that a Tyrannosaurus Rex could actually pick something up. That's a very no. good point. No. Decided to drop Vince. Now they're going after the gunfire, which is absolutely doing nothing. But wait. They just shot it with a grenade launcher. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he that died a down. Shot <laughs> a hole in the stomach. Oh, wow. see now I feel bad for the dino. Yeah, the dino was just being a dino. Oh, there's a fiery yeah. hole in the stomach. It is still alive. Hey, it's like in agony. It's like writhing in pain. Yeah, this is this is hard to watch now. Oh, all the entrails are coming out, and it's just slamming on the inside of the dino. Hey, I feel so oh, bad. It's just being a T-Rex. Yeah, I you know, I'll say it's rare nowadays. I think we're a lot more sensitive to like things like animal cruelty. I think there's it's a lot less likely that if this movie was made today, um which there's so many reasons why it wouldn't be, but if this movie was made today, I don't think we would have seen this this scene turn out the way it did. But Vince's first first idea was hey let's shoot the thing instead of hey let's run away yeah it is awful that it like its head is still moving its eyes are still it's still alive like and it's it's got a huge hole in its stomach a huge burning hole in its stomach yeah it's just made noises it's growling oh it's just in pain that poor dino Sherman. So Sherman shoots shoots the scoreboard and just laughs. He shoots the scoreboards of the visitors and just laughs. You scare me. You really do. Like, someone should watch that. Alright, alright. The check Also, all three of them are still very, very casual considering they've just had to literally fight for their lives and, and kill gladiators in single combat and they're all digging these guns by the way they're really really turned into like yeah you know what this um they're the it's a small thing but like these all three actors are really capturing like the adrenaline they're they're teenagers caught up in this situation that's really insane and they have to fight to survive and they're like really feeding into the adrenaline and almost um, especially sherman enjoying but you think, you know, they've learned something throughout the entire movie. In order to save the day, they have to maybe overcome their obstacles. But no, they're just going to battle it out until they get to the machine. Yeah, this movie, this movie wasn't really about anybody learning lessons, I think. It's more about just creating this scenario and getting all of the characters into that scenario so that we can all see what happens. The only one that I think actually learns something would be Ellie. She does Shut learn to really Shut come up. into her own and, and ask what she wants to get with her. She also learns not not to, you know, really to go with the flow, you know, and not, and not really to be in opposition to all things that happen. Um, throughout her ridiculous dates with Michael. I hope she learns to stop hanging out with Sherman also. I, I really I really hope she finds a new group of friends. I really oh, do. Especially in college. Ellie? 
this is some amazing science class, by the way. I don't know why it, it's just it's got this little, you know, recessed center and a lot of cool designs. Hey, look, he's got him! Truman, he's got him! He's got him! <laughs> uh, Ellie, poor Ellie's knocked out. Oh, so the city's Carson, okay? I guess. Man, she don't look too good. Is that oh, Carson God. City? I don't know. I don't know, but Ellie's outfit is also in style nowadays, too. And, yeah. oh, her glasses hey, she's are gone. finally lost the glasses. So that means the movie is allowed to uh, present her as pretty yeah. to us. Oh, yeah. She's one step closer to La Bamba. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Or TV references from Vince. I gotta stop him. Take my gun. Sherman. Why are you screaming, Sherman? Shut up. going for the big glowing sparkling thing he's I guess trying to turn it off uh, Sherman is just gun happy and shooting <laughs> shooting bullets through the door yeah there's a very Raiders of the Lost Ark thing going on where where like Indiana Jones trying to close the Ark of the Covenant you know Michael's trying to shut down the machine by by manipulating it and and uh, it's very much similar with the with the swirling sky up above the Raider. There's this this trope has had a resurgence lately. The, the most recent Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie had an ending like this. The most um, uh, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find the movie had an ending like this, where Suicide Squad is a third example, uh, where the sky opens up and some glowing thing shoots down directly from the sky down to a specific point that the rest of the heroes are battling around that point. One person's trying to get to the center of it to, to shut it down. Yeah, it's very uh, much like Ghostbusters you know, swinging the doors with crossing the streams in Central Park West, you know, on top of Dana Barrett's apartment. You know, they, they kind of, that's the just center of all the chaos that's happening. Michael's now disappeared. He's gone. Where is he? Uh, he's gone. with Bob. Probably. Oh, Michael. He's gone. He's gone. Mike? Oh, no. He's back. Hey! Oh, <laughs> Michael. What did he ask her? Oh, wow. Are you okay? I think so. Are you? I am now. There's a Corona line. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sorry I asked. I thought that was like quotable dialogue that I missed. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Okay, remember we said that, you know, they're just not concerned with the people and they want to, you know, save the building? You thought you heard yep. what? <laughs> you thought you heard what? All There's the fire dollar fi- store Burt Reynolds again. Right? All the firefighters are trying to save the building. Here's some people limping out of it. Clear out of here. Get out of the way. <laughs> you know, Sean, you're all right. For a wimp virgin, I mean. Coming from a grease ball like you, <laughs> I take that as a real compliment. Oh, they became friends. Listen, no one says nothing about this. This is a story about friendship. It is. Okay. Coming together in the face of adversity. Come on, get out of here. Easy, easy. All right, I'm coming. I'm coming. Come on, come on. So it's out, right? Hell no, we won't go! Hell no, we won't go! Chicago! (laughs) Yeah, Bob is back. Bob? Flower power, children. Beetle concert. Bob looks like he just came off the set. Of, of what happened most famous. I was blasting through mm-hmm. the warp on a time tour of the 60s. Easy I don't know writer. what you to say, man. Like, I mean, trip and trip, man. <laughs> What's your name, cowboy? Robert Roberts Esquire to you, honky. Oh. That a fact. Well, Miss Esquire, where the hell have you been? Woodstock. Boinker. Woodstock. Woodstock? What's Woodstock? Okay, Captain Kirk. Wait, well, he doesn't know what Woodstock pop. is? Uh, you got I don't know. What's he under arrest for? I, I do. don't know. On one condition. What? Get rid of the gizmo. The world is not ready for But Michael doesn't know what time. Woodstock is. Did, did something just happen in the space-time myself. continuum where they deleted the Woodstock from the history the groove, books? Man. I made sure of that. It's a funky valley eye. <laughs> did he just say the, 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 we're not ready for space and time? I, he just said he made the, sure the future was was a groove, man. It's a funky bally hive, which they edited over something else initially. But does that mean Bob caused the events up until today from 1985? Interesting. What events yeah, did he Bob cause? Woodstock? Like in the future, though. Okay. All right. Now we can see Michael. Putting the device back in the hole of the airfield, he just drops it down there and closes the door. And then just right, well, we're looking away. for a permanent. We're looking for a permanent solution to this problem. So putting it back where he accidentally stumbled upon it and unleashed chaos is is obviously going to do the trick. Yeah, absolutely. So it can find the next person and destroy the world a second time. Yeah, what happened to the genie back in the bottle? Right. What happened to Ellie's plans of becoming a journalist or a psychologist? Do you think they were planning a sequel? I don't know. Or I guess. The goat has finally died. <sighs> this is uh, oh. the first time due to the resolution of the movie that we're watching that I've noticed Ellie has braces. I mean, she has a retainer, yeah. Oh, a retainer. You did mention that earlier. I'm just stupid. Michael, how is that lucky? I mean, if we walk into town, the whole world will know that your car broke. 
just oh, a car. See, he grew. He, he grew. grew. He doesn't character. love his goat anymore. Just a goat. Listen, it's not just a car. It's a goat. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? So we see electricity come from underneath the goat like it's still alive. And then we go back up to the star field, which is what started the film. So it's full circle. Very nice. But and but, a, but, a freeze frame of Dennis Hopper doing whippets. Classic.